anybody could appreciate this show coming live from Israel, it is one of the greatest lawyers, if not the greatest lawyer ever, Alan Dershowitz. I almost wish Alan was coming with us. So, Alan, what do you think about that, uh, me doing this show live, end of the month, from Jerusalem? Hey, I'm with you in spirit. I've been spending hours on the phone with everybody from Israel, you know, speaking to everybody in power, from the military to the political to the diplomatic. As you may know, the prime minister initially wanted me to argue the case uh, for Israel in front of the international yeah, court. Did, did, you, did you turn that down? What happened was that um, I have said so many nasty things about the International Court of Justice. They're not international because they never include an Israeli judge. They're not a court because they're picked by their government and they can be fired. You know who's going to represent Lebanon in the court? A guy picked by Hezbollah. And they're not. I'm, 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 I'm surprised it's not your friend Ron Kuby. <laughs> right. <laughs> He'd do a better job. He's, he's fair, at least in some respects. And they, have no, they know nothing about justice. So they've gotten two great people. Uh, they got the former president of the Supreme Court to be the judge, Aaron Barak, and they got a good lawyer from, from England. Uh, but I'm, you know, as usual, working behind the scenes and advising and consulting. And, um, you know, but it's a predetermined outcome. I mean, everybody knows how the International Court of Justice will rule. They always rule against Israel. And then the question goes before the Security yeah. Council. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it makes some of the American courts that have been dealing with the Trump thing uh, look, look like an actual honest court or courts that dealt with my issue. Remember, I was falsely accused um uh, you know what? Uh, by the way, you know what happened there? We finally found the smoking gun email uh, the, as a result of the disclosure of, of these uh, documents. We finally discovered how I was framed and why I was framed after all these years. A woman named Sharon Churcher, who was a, uh, a writer for a British tabloid, uh, told the woman who accused me, by the way, we know Dershowitz did nothing wrong. We know there's no proof against him. But put him in your book because he's famous. He represented Klaus von Bülow. They made a movie about him. And if you put him in your book, even though he's completely innocent, it's going to help you sell your book. So she put him. She put me in the book, but wow. as somebody who didn't have sex with me. Right. So we, we finally, finally got the smoking gun emails out there that conclusively prove I was framed, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, Temple Emanuel still won't have me speak. Other groups will yeah, have that's, me I, speak. I wanted to ask you about that because, and Virginia Jufroy, of course, is the lady who should be put in prison for that. And so your name was all over the Jeffrey Epstein trials. Right. Now, I did go see the, your documentary with Danielle and met your beautiful right. wife and your, your great son. And, you know, right. uh, I, I was happy to see that from the very, very outset of that, your wife, Count, she was from the very beginning like, oh, stop it, not my husband. I was happy to see that. But but now, once again, when those 170 names come out a couple of weeks ago, and you're on the list. By the way, folks, people who painted the house were on the list. It wasn't a list of people who may or may not have had sex. It was anybody. I was on the list, I was on the list as an innocent person. Right, I was right. on the list as proof that I didn't do it. Remember, the woman who accused me has now said, oh, my, after all these years, I now have come to realize I may have confused them with someone else. It was someone else. I oh, no, it, it, it's been yeah. proven that you're innocent, yeah. but, but just yeah. the mere fact that your name is on a list involved with Epstein a couple of weeks ago, did you get any more, any issues, any heartache again? Oh, oh yeah. Look, I was asked to speak at Beth Am Synagogue, the largest synagogue in Miami, 
And as soon as my name appeared on the list, they canceled the oh speech my God. Uh, because they said, you're on the list. It was like, you know, McCarthyism in the 1950s when I was in college. He would stand up and have a list. He said, I have a list of communists. And if you were on the list, it doesn't matter whether you were innocent or guilty, you lost your job. So I'm on the list, Temple Beth Am says. No, we won't allow him to speak about Israel. We won't allow him to speak about Harvard. Who is a better person in Florida to speak about what happened at Harvard or what happened at, in Israel than me? And you have thousands of congregants who would love to hear me speak, but the rabbi said he's on the list. If he's on the list... He's not kosher, and so we won't allow him to speak. So, you know, I've been canceled by a number of particularly Jewish institutions, 92nd Street Y, Temple Emanuel, some schools in New York, uh, just because I'm on the list. It's such McCarthyism. It's outrageous. But, look, the evidence that has come out has proved conclusively I was framed, who framed me, how the frame-up occurred, and finally people are saying, oh, my God, he's the victim here. And uh, not not anybody who's a perpetrator. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell your wonderful audience about that. No, of course. And uh, I, I do it, too, every opportunity I get, because it's fun to be despicable that your name even comes up in this nonsense. Yeah. And, you know, you, you made a point a couple of minutes ago about the Israeli courts, and you said uh, you compared it to the American courts. And I'll, I'll say this to you. I don't care where you are, how ridiculous any court you may find, whether it's Israel or Italy, anywhere around the world. You are going to be hard-pressed to convince me, Alan, that there's any bigger clown act than this guy, Engeron, here in New York today, where Donald Trump is having his closing arguments on his civil trial. I agree with the, you. The guy's, I... mo- the guy's mother-in-law, Trump's mother-in-law, just passed away, and this low-life judge, would he want to delay it for three days? No, no, it's outrageous. He has a target uh, on on Trump's back, and he's going to do it. He made rulings before there was really any evidence, and, you know, his most absurd ruling that Mar-a-Lago was worth 12 cents. Uh, And, uh, you know, I was in Palm Beach the other day for dinner with my former doctor, uh, and he, uh, who's retired, and and they showed me a piece of land, an empty piece of land, that was being sold for $200 million, which is basically, you know, it looks nothing compared to Mar-a-Lago. But Mar-a-Lago, well, $17 million, and if you said it was $18 million, you're a fraud. It's the, one of the worst cases, the cases against Trump in general. You know, I wrote a book called Get Trump. It's based on the campaign pledge, obviously, of Letitia James. She was going to get Trump, and that's why she brought the civil suit. Protecting who? Protecting people of New York? No, protecting rich banks that weren't hurt and that loved having Donald Trump as a customer who paid his interest even early and never defaulted on a single bond. And they're going after Donald Trump instead of protecting the people of New York. I have to tell you, that is such a scandal. And the other cases against Trump as well, look, as you know, I'm not a Trump supporter. Uh, but uh, politically, but that doesn't matter. I support the Constitution, and I support the rule of law, and that's being violated whenever Trump is prosecuted. But, you know, they're interfering with the election. They're trying to have an impact on the election. I have a piece in one of today's newspapers saying judges are playing too great a role in this election. Everything is a a court case now, whether it's trying to get him off the ballot, whether it's uh, denying him his right as president, to have uh, immunity under appropriate circumstances, or whether it's these four criminal cases, the civil case, it's the courts telling us who we can vote for. And that's just not the American way.
Agreed. Now, you mentioned the, the immunity case. And, um, you know, there's, uh, I don't know who Judge Pan is until I saw her a couple of days ago. But, you know, Judge, I mean, Donald Trump does uh, believe that he was president. He deserves immunity. Yeah. And, of course, they got to go, Alan. They got to go to the most harshest of extremes. So you're telling me that if you wanted to assassinate, hold on a second, would Joe Biden and his, his, uh, how he's weaponized his legal system, they are trying to assassinate Trump. That's what Joe Biden is doing every day, not Donald Trump. But to take it to that extreme, yeah. well, Mr. Trump, if you wanted to assassinate your political rival, I mean, Alan, come on, give me a break. No, and it was worse. The other side also said that the president doesn't get any immunity no matter what he did as president once he leaves the presidency. That means immunity is out the window. It makes no sense at all, because if you have immunity for what you've done while you're president, and then three years later they try to come after you and prosecute you. So, you know, both sides handled the questions in a poor way. I think Trump's lawyer should have said, oh, that's an absurd hypothetical. Of course, right. if you assassinate your <laughs> opponent, come on. Right. That's ridiculous. Right. That's a hypothetical. Don't bother me with that. You know, it's like the, pres- the president at Harvard. They weren't well prepared. Uh, If you try to have genocide against the Jews, of course genocide against the Jews is covered by Harvard's disciplinary rule. Now let's get on to real issues. So, you know, the lawyers didn't handle it uh, all that well. But, uh, uh, look, I I think you lose in front of the Court of Appeals because it's the District of Columbia, and you always lose at the District of Columbia if your name is Trump. But he may very well win at least a partial victory in front of the United States Supreme Court. The United States Supreme Court will hold, number one, that you do have immunity after you've left office if you did something within the presidency while you're in office. And second, what happened on January 6th very likely was covered by the presidential power to make sure that the laws are enforced uh, faithfully.